Hello and welcome to The Buzz, a bank automation news podcast. My name is Whitney McDonald, and I'm the deputy editor of Bank Automation News. Joining me today is Al Carpetto, a lead solutions consultant on the payments team at Finastra. He is here to discuss how Finastra is working with credit unions and community banks to prepare back-end operations for the July launch of FedNow. Uh, obviously, FedNow is a, is a very hot topic in the payment space right now. Uh, just about every meeting and conversation we have with uh, either existing clients or prospects are focusing on FedNow. Uh, and I guess one of the things I would add is that if you're not focusing on FedNow, you probably should be. Uh, it is something that's coming uh, sooner than later. Uh, it's, it's scheduled to go live in July from the Fed's perspective. Uh, and for, for those of you who follow this, know that the United States is probably the last major market to get into the faster payment space. And, uh, you know, Finastra has been involved in faster payments for more than 10 years, implementing around the globe. This is now what we're focusing on here in the in the U.S. Um, what I would say to most people is, it, you know, to the comment I made earlier, if you're not looking at it, you should be, number one, to get educated because some of the smaller institutions still get a little confused between real-time payments, which is out coming from the clearinghouse, and uh, immediate payments, which is coming from Fed. Uh, and and th- there are some differences between the two, uh, which over time will probably even out. But in the, in the short term, uh, the Fed's limit is around 500,000, where the real-time payments is 1 million in terms of uh, wires uh, that you can send. Uh, but the other major difference is from a liquidity perspective that uh, there is liquidity management tool access for the FedNow service, where there isn't for the real-time payment service. So, you know, from that perspective, getting yourself educated as much as you can on FedNow and the differences between the two, I think, are very helpful. The the other piece that I would offer to others to to look at is all the planning that needs to go on behind the scenes, right? So it's great that it's a real-time payment, it's instantaneous. Uh, well, what does that do for you, right? Uh, I think from a bank's perspective, they have to do a lot of planning around product and capability planning, right? What what do these products, what can be built off of a real-time payment or an instant payment? So use cases need to be looked at, even discussed with your clients, because clients are going to be looking for ways to use this. And there's certain economies that will find it very useful, like the gig economy or payroll, or there's so many different ways you can use it that people will be much happier to get their money faster. Uh, there's also technology planning that needs to be done. Uh, from a technology perspective, you need to review your internal channels, the things that uh, that touch a payment uh, from, you know, 24 by 7 operations now need to be put in place. And, you know, maybe some of the larger banks have that already, but a lot of the medium size or smaller banks do not. Uh, connectivity and bandwidth are important. Uh, and, and even customer-facing channels, right? So you're going to have customers that may want to access someone on a 24 by 7 basis, and you're going to be able to do that. Uh, and then lastly, I would say there's treasury planning, right? So now you have instant payments. People are moving money all through the night. So you can you can close your balance sheet end of day, at least what you think is end of day, but uh, through the night time, uh, they'll be moving money. And so you know, you need to really, from a treasury perspective, understand the settlement, liquidity management, and the forecasting aspects of how are you going to manage the bank's money and the bank's position. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of little parts and pieces that need to be paid attention to. But uh, the exciting part is that I think the, the people looking for this for quite some time and and, and even though real-time payments has been in the market now for probably almost four years through the clearinghouse, it's the Fed that uh, people are really waiting for. Maybe we could get into some of those specifics now. I know you mentioned a little bit um, about what, what your clients and what the banks should be looking for, but maybe we could talk a little bit more specifically on how Finastra works with its credit union and community banks clients to prepare for for this new payment rail? How do you prepare your backend operations and get into that a little bit? Sure. So I touched on it briefly, but with, with credit unions and community banks, a big part of what we bring to the table initially is education, right? Getting them aware of all the things I just mentioned uh, and making sure they understand how this is going to create value. Uh, you know, what? one of the things that I tell people when it comes to Fed now is that FOMO is real, right? Fear of missing out is real. Uh, some people will say, oh, you know, I'll wait and see what happens. That's probably not the best approach in this case, because what, what could happen is your clients are going to automatically migrate to a bank or an institution that can provide these real-time payments or these real-time options. So when we meet with credit unions and, and community banks, we take them through the business cases that they can potentially use for their clients. We'll brainstorm with them. Uh, we want them to stay competitive and show value. Uh, I think what this does, it, it in reality can really level the playing field for these small institutions against the larger institutions if they're able to implement and provide that service. Right. So I think initially we spend time on educating, but then we'll collaborate with them to help build a business case. Um, I myself spent a number of years on the bank side. I know how difficult it is to get money to do things within the bank. Uh, you have to build a business case. You have to get it approved by the risk committee. You got to get approved by the technology committee. And then once you get your money, then you have to go out and, and implement and build. So when we meet with these small institutions, we educate them on that type of stuff. Now, with with the new date announced, and I know that you did mention that that some folks are kind of let's wait and see and pump the brakes a little bit with this this kind of timeline. If you are ready for it, um, what is what does that timeline mean? How much time do people have now uh, to to get their ducks in a row? Kind of how do you kick it into high gear now that you have this date in mind? Sure. So. You know, now that the Fed has come out with a, a July date, uh, you know, people are now have something to shoot for. And based on some of the comments I've already made, there, there's a lot to look at. And so what I tell people is that, you know, you should have started already. Right. So when people say, how much time do I have? Uh, the answer is not as much as you think. Right. Because the months click by very quickly. We're in April and the beginning of spring and some will be here before you know it. So what I tell people is, you know, start looking at it now. If you haven't, start building those business cases. I mean, this is, again, where we can add some value for them because we'll take them through some of the things we've already done for other institutions and kind of give them the roadmap. Um, you know, the other thing that's required on their end is that they're going to need resources to implement and they're going to need some money to implement. So um, the timeline is one thing the reality is the other people need to make sure that they have what they need to implement and so 
you know, I would just tell people don't don't hesitate and start building their case as soon as possible. Now, kind of stepping back a little bit, and and I know that I know that we talked about um, banks getting ready and how you prepare them, but just talking through maybe your perspective on on what this transition will entail, what FedNow will bring. Um, can we talk through that? I mean, to to the market, it's going to bring. It's going to bring a lot of interesting things, right? So let's look at it from the receive perspective. Uh, people are going to get their money much faster. Uh, you know, the banks and, and credit unions will also be need to build real-time reporting so people can, you know, check their balances, make sure the money's in their account. Uh, all of this stuff is going to make businesses gain much better control of cash flow. Uh, management, uh, improve efficiencies on their on their reconciliation processes. So there's going to be a lot of benefits to it. And and again, there'll be other use cases that come up. Uh, I don't know, I'll give you a simple example. Let's say you decide you want to go buy a car and it's a weekend and your bank is typically closed on a Saturday or a Sunday. Well, you'll be able to get money wired or, or sent if you need to to make a payment. Um, you know, the other example that gets used a lot is the gig economy, right? These these people want to get paid, right? And they're all over the country. They're all in different locations. And we're able to pay them on a real-time basis now. So, you know, there will be a lot of cool things that come out of this that create benefits for businesses. Now, the flip side to that is people love to receive their money as soon as possible. They don't want to get parked with their money as soon as possible, right? So, there, there's lots of different factors within how you set up FedNow. Um, you could, most people start with receive only just to get in the game, which is great. Um, and they migrate to receive and send, right? So then you're, you know, you're able to participate on both sides of a, of a transaction for a client. Um, the other, the other big thing that's part of this is request for payment. So people can, request a payment from you and get it in real time basis. But uh, institutions that are not set up for sending can't really take a request for payment, right? You have to be set up to be able to send. Uh, and I think the other key thing that's going to be a big advantage is the liquidity management tool, right? So you'll be able to move money on a real time basis in and out of investment type uh, vehicles. Uh, and a lot of the banks are already starting to uh, pitch those types of services. JP Morgan, for example, just came out with something in the press about providing real-time liquidity solution. So, you know, these things will be out there and more and more institutions are going to try to offer things that take advantage of real-time money movements. It's, it's exciting. Now, I know, I know you already mentioned some, some ideas in preparation. Um, any other advice or maybe questions that you're hearing from your, your clients um, as the launch approaches, maybe talking through um, either what your clients are asking or concerns or um, things that you're hearing that, that you've been kind of offering a, a piece of advice about? Sure. Well, yeah, I would tell you the, the advice that we give our prospects or clients is to utilize your partners as much as you can, right? Especially the smaller institutions. They don't have a large base of people working for them in the payment space, for example, or even in treasury. 
so utilize your partners, utilize people like Finastro or even the Fed, right? So if you have a Fed account, you have a Fed rep and you should be utilizing that person to help you gain as much knowledge as possible. You know, the Fed also publishes lots of information uh, out on their website that I'm not sure many people even take the time to look at it, but it's it's quite detailed and it's it's very useful to educate people and to really get more and more understanding and, and figure out where the questions that you have need to be answered. And then, you know, more importantly, I would say build use cases, right? If you're going to go to get a, a funding for something in your bank, the people that make these decisions or approve the, the funding want to know what, what do we get out of this? So, okay, we can move money fast now. What does that mean for us? Can can we make money on this? How will we make money? And how do our clients benefit? Right. And I think that's the ultimate goal. If the clients are going to benefit, then that's you want to make sure that's what you're driving home so you don't lose your clients. So, I mean, that those would those would be the things I would tell people to focus on from an advice perspective. They have they have a FedNow guide and they have a FedNow operations manual. It's a it's one is like 60 something pages. The other is 115 pages. So it's quite extensive. Now, with with FedNow, of course, being the direction of the conversation and preparing backends, I know you talked a little bit about technology at the top of the call, too. Um, what what other payments technology are you kind of keeping an eye on in the space uh, right now or recently? So I, me personally, I've been paying close attention to artificial intelligence. Uh, there's a lot of talk in the market right now. You hear about ChatGPT, but uh, one of the other things that I've been looking at is it's called RPA. It's Robotic Process Automation. Um, it's it's pretty cool stuff. Uh, it really it's it's kind of in the market as an add-on to your services, right? People can come in and you know we can show you how to automate a process that maybe takes you. A day and a half, we can get it down to hours, right? And it's also from a standpoint of you can redeploy your people on other things, right? I mean, you know, I, I never like to sell these things or talk about them as like you can reduce headcount, but sometimes headcount will be reduced, but it could be redeployed, right? Some areas might need more people. And I think that's the way it should be looked at. But um, robotic process automation is is really neat stuff. And, you know, especially when you look at stuff on the reconciliation side, when you, you know, you're just crunching numbers and you're putting things on a spreadsheet, RPA can really do a lot of good stuff with that. I mean, artificial intelligence is also making its way into our software and the technology and the payment space because some of the stuff that we look at is it's 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 like look at your iPhone as an example. It has intuitive decision making for you. We're trying to build stuff like that into the software that people use from a payments perspective. So I, I would say that technology is probably going to bring a lot of benefits. Uh, it's, it's still at its early stages. You've been listening to The Buzz, a bank automation news podcast. Please follow us on LinkedIn. And as a reminder, you can rate this podcast on your platform of choice. Thank you for your time and be sure to visit us at bankautomationnews.com for more automation news.